Hello, I'm Logan Thorpe, and this is episode one of the Built for Better podcast. Today, I'm going to have a chat about my story, my family, my schooling, uh, my first job, how I went from being very unhealthy to getting into health and fitness, and then eventually ending up in the health and fitness industry, which I'm now very passionate about. I'm going to have a chat from the beginning to present and what my vision is for the future. But before we get started, let's roll the intro. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. Wasted energy spending the pace for every hour of wait. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door. But time's a currency. I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon. I don't mean to be rude. But this scene ain't for me. Here we are, episode one. It's taken me a lot to press play, so I've bought the podcast in gear two to three months ago now and got the podcast picture drawn, but actually sitting down and pressing play is a little harder than I thought. So I'm sitting out in my office uh, chatting to myself, a little bit nervous. It feels a little bit different, but I'm sure it's a feeling that I'll get used to. So I'm going to jump right back to the start for my story so i'm the eldest of three boys so duncan and regan my two younger brothers and we have a really good relationship and we had a really good upbringing mum and dad were really good to us three boys they really pushed us to be into sport and give us every opportunity with schooling sports growing up as a kid i played football every winter was football season we loved it trained twice a week when we weren't training us three boys were playing in the backyard Uh, we loved our footy in summer we did swimming so my parents ran the local swimming pool in town and dad was the swimming coach so we really didn't have a choice about swimming training I remember asking mum do I really have to train today and mum would say go and ask your father and I wouldn't even go and ask I'd just go put my swimmers on and get in the pool it wasn't an option but uh yeah, so football and swimming were our two main sports. I played cricket as well. I really don't know why I played cricket. I couldn't bat to save my life. I couldn't bowl, and I wasn't really that good at fielding. I couldn't throw it probably uh, 50 metres. I was hopeless. I don't know why I played the game. Um, and towards the older years, um, raced a bit of motorbikes, but same as that. It was only just for a bit of fun. I was never any good at it. Schooling. I pretty much just got through school. I didn't love it. It didn't didn't interest me. It didn't excite me. I didn't like doing my homework, but I just got through it. Ended up finishing year 11 um, of school before I got a job and got out of school. I met my now wife back at school. She was actually in year 7. I was in year 9, and she asked me out, and I said yes. Um, and yeah now still together so we've had a really long relationship back from the school days but yeah so finished year 11 um, and I got an apprenticeship as a power line worker and what that involved was um, maintenance repair and installation of power lines so a lot of work out of bucket trucks and some climbing of the power poles so the first four years of the apprenticeship it was known as one of the golden jobs in Condoblin. So I didn't even jump to that. So I'm from Condoblin. It's a small country town, bank smack in the middle of New South Wales, population of three and a half thousand. So quite a small country town. And 
essential energy was known as one of the really good jobs to get in town so that's why mum and dad were more than happy to let me finish school once I finished year 11 not go through with the HSC because it was a really good job so the four-year apprenticeship it's completely different to anything I'd done but you know I really did enjoy the work to start after I finished my apprenticeship I started doing on call which meant um being on call 24-7, going out when storms hit to repair the power lines or restore people's power. As the job went on, I sort of did fall out of love with it a little bit. The paperwork and just working for a big company really wasn't for me. It was during this time that I really developed the unhealthy lifestyle. So when I finished school and got the apprenticeship I stopped playing football so that was sort of the end of the sporting days and I was pretty lazy with packing my smoke going lunch for work so I would quite often go to the servo for brekkie or the bakers for brekkie and get my lunch and smoke from there as well and went from starting the job at about 80 kilos to jumping up over to 100 within the first two to three years it was over this time that I turned 18 as well and started um, going to the pub and drinking beers and, and whatnot. And I don't remember what exactly it was that was like, Logan, you've got to do something about this and get your, get your butt into gear. But I started going to the gym. I really had no idea what I was doing. I was probably just punching out some bench press and some lat pull downs, probably not many squats. Um, yeah, I don't really remember, but... I remember getting into the health and fitness and really trying lots of different diets. Weight Watchers was one from memory that I did with the point system that now I look back, I don't know why I did it. You could just eat as much fruit as you wanted. So I was just loading up on fruit and not eating, a mu- not eating much of anything else because fruit was free in the points point system that it had. But yeah, in this time I... Went from 100 and dropped back to 80, you know, doing my gym training and really watching what I was eating. I tried lots of different diets in that time. So I got back into fitness and I was obviously feeling pretty good. So I thought I'm going to go back and start playing footy again. So as a kid, I played rugby league. Um, At this time, I was about 20 and I started playing rugby So the first year back playing rugby, we actually won the grand final and I just fell in love with rugby and the social life of rugby. It was really, really good fun playing rugby, especially here in town. Um, Every Thursday after training, we'd be back at the pub for dinner and drinks. Friday nights, we'd be selling tickets and on the drink again. And Saturdays would involve rugby and then a big night on the drink. But... I really fell in love with rugby. I fell in love with the club. We did a we did a lot for the club and was really good times with the club. There was a grand final. There was a grand final win, a couple of grand final losses and then some semi-finals before it sort of went on a downward spiral and we were traveling away with 12 players which sort of wasn't much fun to me anymore and I ended up finishing up playing rugby there. So just shy of 10 years in at Essential Energy, um, 
ended up getting the sack. So we were out on call. I was on call, actually, and we had a couple of beers after we finished the job. Uh, that ended up getting back to management, and I really didn't think I'd get the sack for it at the time. But, yeah, three of us from the local depot in town got the sack, and at the time, it was, it was horrible. It was probably... Yeah, it was one of the worst things that I'd that I'd been through. Um, I sort of can't explain the feeling. Like a, you know, I had a house loan. Um, me and Melissa were trying to have a a baby. Yeah, it's 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 really hard to explain. I just felt really empty, and I really had no idea what I was going to do. I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how I was going to make it happen. So with that time, I wasn't that disappointed about actually leaving the job because I didn't actually enjoy working there anymore. I'd grown to really dislike the job, but I was more just really disappointed with how it happened and not knowing what I was going to do because I was on a really good wage. There's not many jobs here in town that you can make $100,000 a year doing. like That involved a lot of call-outs and whatnot, but going from getting the sack from a $100,000 a year job to sitting at home on the lounge thinking, what am I going to do? I had this vision of of building a gym and I was just shy of 10 years and I thought if you'd been at the job between 5 and 10 years, you got a, what do they call it, with your long service leave, like you still got paid out your long service leave. Um, but it turns out if you get the sack, that actually gets wiped out. So I remember sitting on the lounge when I got the phone call to say, you're not going to get that long service leave and I'd had all the quotes out pricing up how I was going to make this gym happen and I just laid on the lounge and cried I was heartbroken I just remember saying to Melissa how am I going to do this now that sort of was ten thousand dollars I think that I was kind of relying on but anyway for some silly reason I got on NAB and I just jacked my credit card limit up before um the nab found out that i lost my job so pretty silly now that i look back on it why i did that but um yeah so i got the sack um two days before our first wedding anniversary actually so i skipped over the wedding we had a really good um wedding day it was a really big wedding it was in town down at one of our friends place it was really good we had all the friends and family that we could want there it was quite a big wedding and it was a really really good time so here we are first ending wedding anniversary and i got sacked two days before it so it wasn't much of a wedding anniversary but yeah that was the end of essential energy and the start of ltf so i got the sack from essential energy in november of 20 16 and i started up ltf so logan thought fitness in january 2017 so i'd actually started my cert three and four before i got the sack so while i was at essential energy now i look back i really don't know why i did that maybe i had a little aspiration that i was going to do a little pt on the side but i don't know why i would have wanted to do that when i had such a good job elsewhere and with on call i was pretty tied down anyways but in hindsight, I was very lucky that I was doing that. So once I got the sack, I quickly got in and finished the last few units of that off so that I was ready to start um, LTF in January of 2017. 
So in January 2017, my business model was one-on-one PT and I did a few open group classes like Tabata class and a boot camp class and things like that. And I was sitting online one day looking up for a program for myself and I come across this Real Movement project and at the time I didn't really know what it was and before I'd known, I'd sent off all of my details and I got this phone call not long after. Anyways, it turns out that it's a program for coaches. And when Sam it was who rang me on the phone from Real Movement Project and we had a good chat. And he's like, so do you want to join up? And I was like, yeah, yeah I wouldn't mind to join up. And he goes, yeah, it's t- it, I think it was, yeah, it was 10000 No, sorry, it was $5,000. And I was like, how can I afford this? I've just put this gym together. This was still in January. Anyways, for some silly reason, Melissa was like, yeah, do it. So anyways, paid them $5,000. And they're like, can you be in Brisbane on, I think it was like the 5th of February. And I was like, how am I going to make this happen? Anyways, Looking back now, I really don't know how I've made this all happen. So I've started a gym in January 2017. At the end of 2017, I'm online looking for a program for myself and I come across this Real Movement project. And Sam rings me up and he's like, do you want to join? That's $5,000 and can you be in Brisbane on the 5th of February for a four-day intensive? Anyways, it's made it happen. And this Real Movement intensive in Brisbane was life-changing nothing short of life-changing so i think there was about 15 of us there so 15 of really good coaches from around australia and here i am i've been coaching for one month i'd been training for a fair while by this point but coaching for one month and i'm in a room with coaches who had coached at professional sports teams and things like this so way out of my depth but they took me under their wing and they they really looked after me and that camp was we trained super hard and we just went deep into everything we spoke about things that I'd never spoke about before in my life and I didn't think that men would even speak about and I think I've learned a lot about communication and and going deep and I was a pretty quiet person before that and one of the the mottos that come out of that camp is a quiet coach is a hungry coach and it's something that I've really taken on board and now I really take pride in marching up and down my gym floor barking orders like a like a dog I guess like bark come on come on come on but yeah um, yeah so real movement project um, four day intensive at Brisbane so we made that happen me and Melissa went to Brisbane for four days and it was a really life-changing experience. And from that, I realized that one-on-one PT isn't the answer. And I changed to this semi-private model that I still do to this day. So semi-private training is small group training. So it gives you the option to train every single day. And each day is structured so that you know you can train every day we're training different body parts and different movements and whatnot i guess it's quite similar to crossfit but not as big a classes and not as much olympic lifting so the change from one-on-one pt to semi-private training really was 
a game changer with business and with clients. I really feel like with one-on-one PT, because of the price of one-on-one personal training, not many people can afford to do it as often as you need to to get the results that they want to get. So with semi-private, it's a fraction dearer than the price of a one-on-one personal training session, but you get the opportunity to train train every day. It is in a group environment, but it is a small group environment. And I pride myself on knowing every one of my clients' individual goals, and I text them every week, and we meet monthly to go over where they're at with their goals. So the first two years of business really did live on a credit card. I just... um, Anything I needed, just bang, went on credit card and I just paid it off as I could. For the first two years, I really didn't draw away from the business at all. It just went into investing into more equipment. I was actually quite lucky that Melissa was doing quite well at the time with her job, so I was actually able to do it. She still says that she supported me for the, for the first three years, um, but a, a reminder of the 10 years before that, that, that I looked after her. So LTF, it started in a little shed at the back of my mum and dad's house. We built the shed specially for it. We um, did an extension on that shed probably six months after I moved in. So the shed had an awning on it. It started as 10 by 7 and it had a three metre awning on it. So we did the renovation six months six months in and filled the front in which made it a 10 by 10 area which increased my small group sizes but it wasn't long before I then outgrew that space and I've moved into a building in the main street so I moved into a building in the main street 12 months ago now and it was 20 meters long by about eight meters wide and since then we've done a renovation to make it bigger again so now i own a facility that's 30 meters long um, the first 20 meters is eight meters wide and the back end the back 10 meters is about 13 meters wide so it's a very big space that i've got i've got squat racks running from the front door to the back door so it's 10 squat stations long the building so yeah, it's a, it's a really cool space. If you don't know it, jump on my Instagram, check it out. So from where I started with LTF, with the idea of just one-on-one PTs and just group training to the semi-private model has just been game-changing and I'm so passionate now about getting clients' results. I really feel like most people know what they need to do to get results but not many people can, what's the word I'm looking for? Not many people can commit to the process, I guess, for long enough to achieve them results. That's where I really feel like everyone needs accountability to get success. And I really hold my clients accountable. I'm really onto them. I text them weekly. Uh, we sit down monthly. And I really want to see them get results. Results obviously aren't made in the gym. My my favorite quote is, you can't out-train a bad diet. I'm constantly saying that in the gym to my clients. And I'm really there to help them with nutrition. Most people are 
uneducated and online there is really so much you can read and some of it seems so complicated when it's really not that complicated. I'll really dive into nutrition and my principles in another podcast, but nutrition is the key to success. You cannot out-train a bad diet and I just love going above and beyond for my clients. I'm open 24-7. I'm always getting messages. I've always got different accountability groups going with nutrition. If they... Some clients aren't interested in me being on to them all the time. They just want to come to the gym two, three times a week, get a session in, and that's them. But some clients really want to make the change, and I'm there for both sides. If you just want to come and train, I'm there for you. But if you really want to drop 10 kilos, 20 kilos, let's do it. It's going to be hard, but it'll be worth it. So since that real movement camp at Brisbane Keegan is right into expanding your brain and he really challenged me to do things that I really thought were impossible. So juggling was the big one. He was like, "Can you? what do you think about juggling? I was like, oh, probably impossible. But as it turns out, three ball juggling, I can teach anyone to three ball juggle in, in a couple of hours, probably even most people, 15 minutes, but worst case, a couple of hours. And you know, watching myself progress to learn three ball and then eventually the time I put into four ball, really helped me understand that anything is possible if you're willing to do the work. And it's really promoted a growth mindset in me. I really believe that I can do anything that I put my mind to. That's why a couple of clients say, oh, I can't do that. And say, it's not that you can't do it. It's just not you're not prepared to do the work to be able to do it. So that's sort of my Another passion is I really want to unlock people's potential, really understand that they do have unlimited potential. And that juggling's now um, progressed into the Rubik's Cube. So I got the Rubik's Cube for Christmas last year, and I had it nailed by January. Like it was something as a kid I picked up and played with, and I was like, I'll never be able to do that. And when Keegan started doing Rubik's Cube, I was like, I don't think I can do that. But it's like anything, there's just a formula to it. Once you learn the formula, it's really not that hard. If you just sit there and you twist the knobs, then it's it's not going to be easy. From there, it's really led to reading. So Keegan challenged us a lot with reading, and I wasn't a reader. I'll admit I was a bad reader. All through school, the books they give me, I was not interested in, and I didn't read. But now I'm really into self-development books. I'm still not a good reader. I'm a very slow reader. But I can't remember where I listened to this. It might be the MFCEO podcast. Is 10 pages a day. It doesn't seem like much, but if you read 10 pages a day, you're reading a book a month, that's 12 books a year. Over the course of three, five years, you're reading a lot of books. There's so much gold in books. The people who have read, written the books have got so much knowledge. It's probably the best place to learn anything. And that reading has also expanded into, obviously, podcasts and audio books. So I'm continually trying to better myself through learning. I really want to continue to grow. Isaac John has this quote, if I'm sitting here in this chair in the exact same spot next year, I'm going to be so cranky with myself. So when I'm sitting here recording podcast 52, hopefully, next year, hopefully I can get one a week away, I hope I have so much knowledge more than what I do now. 
I hope I look back on this podcast and think the podcast was horrible because that means that I'm going to have expanded myself over that time. So I'm really big on investing in myself. Like if I was to get something emailed to me and there was a $4,000 course that I wanted to do, I would quite happily um, pay the money to go and do it because I know if I get better, that's going to lead to my business getting better, my clients getting better results. When I know more, I can pass more on, whether it's through this podcast, whether it's through social media channels, however, direct to my clients. I'm really passionate about bettering myself. I recently went to a, it was a Gary V in Australia at Sydney and Grant Cardone did a a talk there as well. And he said, you should invest in your business and yourself before you invest in anything else. But most people want to buy themselves something that's not going to better themselves it's they it'll make them feel better about buying it for five minutes but i guess it's another one of gary v's major things is just stop buying crap and really put it back into yourself so i've sort of changed my mentality a lot around that i remember back in the essential energy days We'd go for a beer after work on a Friday and I'd walk out of there an hour later, $200 down. I would have had two, three beers and put the rest on the pun or the pokies. And I never used to care about the money. I used to think, oh, that's only two call outs or, or whatever. Where now I'm so, I think, oh, that's three clients for the week if I was to lose, you know, that sort of money. But my family, so Liz, we have really good relationships. He's been very supportive throughout the whole um, essential, getting the sack from the essential, starting LTF, continually wanting to buy more gear uh, to get to the stage of where I am now with a facility that I'm really happy with. Um, We've got a little boy, Eli, he's nearly two, and we've got another one due in three weeks' time now, so it's coming around very quick. But yeah, I, I really love watching Eli grow, watching him learn how to walk, watching him... Um, just progress in life and his will to want to learn. That's what Keegan's biggest thing he said was, you watch kids grow, you know, they fall over when they're trying to work. They just keep getting back up, keep getting back up. And it's just like learning to handstand. I've did a little bit with handstands, not as much as I'd like, but I am going to nail it one day. I just haven't been prepared to put in the work required to get it. When times when I did, I think my PB was a 15-second handstand hold, which took a lot, a lot of work. It's like learning to walk again, trying to hold a handstand. And now, like, when I go to the park and I muck around doing handstands with Eli, he's putting his head down and wanting me to lift his legs up. It's, um, it's really cool. But so that's where I'm at now. Liz, Eli, and another one due in three weeks. The business is going really well. I'm really excited about what I've built, but I'm more excited about what's ahead. I'm really excited for the future. I've got some really good coaches just coming on board to really help at LTF. I've got a really good client base. I'm really pumped with some of the results that have come out of my gym. I really want to get more results. I'm always looking for a way to try and get clients motivated to get the results they want like it's like any gym like 25 30 maybe 40 percent of your clients are getting really good results 
the rest aren't quite getting the results they want. And I sort of take that a little bit personally, like I, I really want to see everyone get the results that we sit down and talk about. But you've really, to get results, you've really got to want to get the results. After my time at Essential and working for a big company like that, it's my goal to never work for anyone again. I love business. Um, my mum just reminded me of this the other day and I'd forgotten about it. Back at school, there was a business course and we had to write a business plan and I actually did it on the pool. But I actually, when she reminded me, I did remember it. I put so much work into this thing and I did a really good job. And when it come back, I got 100 out of 100. I'd never gotten anything like that as a result before in my life. But it obviously showed that back in school, I did have a passion for business and now I'm really, really passionate. I love I love the coaching side, I love seeing my clients get results, but I also really, really love the business side. What does the future look like at LTF? It's a gym that's packed. I live in a small town, but it's still not at capacity. I wanna impact more lives. I'm still not having the impact that I wanna have. I am playing around trying to get an online business up and going. I'm in a business that I really can change people's lives for the better and I'm really, really passionate about giving people the tools required to change their life. And one of Gary V's famous quotes is, give, give, give. And now that I've got these other guys um, coming on board coaching, it's really my mission just to keep giving more content through the form of this podcast, through the form of social media posts, IGTVs, lives, etc. But I really want to give more value to my local community and the surroundings. I love what I've done. I'm excited about the future. I really want to have more impact. But this is just the start. This is episode one. I'm really excited about what I've got to offer and what I've got to share with you guys. But until next time. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I've gotten you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. Wasted energy spending the pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but time's a currency. I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon. I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me. Like your mom's seeing your nudes. I got places. I